Hey guys, welcome to the second episode of my podcast. Um, If you listened to the last episode, then you know that I am using this coronavirus quarantine as an opportunity to kind of hold a different lens against the experiences of the last year of my life, particularly the more unique experiences that have to do with my grief journey, or as I'm going to start calling it, my grief quest. So um, last episode, I talked about kind of how the door towards, you know, spirituality kind of was, uh, you know, kind of burst open for me after John died. And I cleared up some of the misunderstandings or misinterpretations that people have had of what that experience um, has been like. Um, And so I want to kind of delve a little bit further into how I was, how I struggle to kind of balance these newfound spiritual beliefs with the scientific and logical approach that I had always kind of had um, throughout the entirety of my life. So it was a really big struggle to find this balance. Um, And when I first started really kind of accepting the fact that there was more going on around us than what could meet the eye or could be picked up on with our, our five senses, I freaked out. It wasn't, um, I think it was about six months after John died and coincidences and hard signs and soft signs and um, visions that were coming to me in my dreams, um, all sorts of things that should not have been happening just kept happening. And it was about six months after John's accident that I finally just sat down and just agonized over the you know the decision to finally accept that these spiritual things to me were very real and it started taking um more effort to kind of rationalize these things than it did to just finally accept that there was just a new world and a new way of looking at the world that was unfolding for me so um i want to kind of talk more about what i've been some of my newer thoughts on the scientific lens that I used to have for life and the world around me and how I've been able to kind of adapt that that scientific lens as I've moved forward on this this spiritual quest and journey. Um, So I just wanted to start off by talking about the world around us and the reality that we have around us. And I was looking through some of my old um, sociology notes from college because, yes, I kept those. Um, go figure. But I was looking through some of the notes that I had in one of, from one of my sociology classes, and I had taken a lot of notes back in college in 2003 on the idea of a consensus reality and the way that reality is um, kind of uh, built upon us or built around us. So according to the consensus reality theory of sociology, reality is a series of agreements between people who live within a culture. So what is real is kind of whatever nine out of 10 people agree is real. So consensus reality is what we currently live in. And so that what that means is that we have this nice little box of understanding about things that can happen, things that should happen, what is normal, what is abnormal, and what is then deemed paranormal. And I had always operated my life in this consensus reality, and it was easy to operate in this consensus reality because none of my experiences 
were ever abnormal or paranormal. But when these paranormal experiences started happening, of course I'm going to freak out because uh, I felt crazy. So I did what I always do and I just started talking to people and I started posting about these experiences and reading up on them and surprisingly finding scientific literature on it because there have been scientists who um, have found this phenomenon, you know, the the after-death phenomenon that some people experience. These scientists have, have said that this sounds like something that we should be looking in because so many people have these experiences. And so once I started talking about my own paranormal experiences and once I started reading into, um, you know, the literature on other experiences people had had, what I found out was that these paranormal or abnormal experiences that I was, you know, being inundated with, I found out that they're not actually as abnormal or paranormal as society would like to think. We just don't talk about them. So that was one way that I was able to take a more confident step forward um, towards the spiritual understanding that was unfolding before me, um, still while keeping my foot, you know, kind of firmly in place on on science and logic. The fact that these paranormal experiences that I was having were not actually weird. It's just the people that do get them, the millions of people that do get them. And you can look up um, the studies on, you know, studies that Lagrange has posted. You can find them online. Um, you know, these were not weird experiences. We just don't talk about them. So the next thing that I, you know, kind of started thinking and talking about was, okay, if these experiences aren't just, you know, weird, if millions of people are having them, then why, why aren't they taken more seriously? Why don't they, you know, like, what is it about these, these millions of experiences that get so easily dismissed? And that is when I realized um, that, you know, science doesn't really ever stay in its lane. Um, people throw science at everything because in our consensus reality, uh, we have been, you know, not necessarily trained, but just the default is that anything that is real, anything that is worth talking about has to withstand the scientific method. So it has to be a phenomenon that is repeatable. It has to be something that is measurable and it has to be something that, uh, you know, is consistent and can be recreated in a lab. And um, the thing about spiritual experiences or, you know, the spiritual reality that might exist all around us is that it doesn't operate within our physical structure. By definition, something that is spiritual is not a part of the physical existence. So we can't use physical scientific tools to measure something which is just not a part of this this uh, this physical plane anymore. And so once I started understanding that these experiences that I were having were actually quite common and that um, my desire to be able to measure them with scientific tools just wasn't realistic, uh, the next question that was presented was then, okay, well, if we do live in a physical reality and we do operate within a consensus reality um, because you know it is in the best interest of society for everyone to have an agreement of what is possible and what is not possible, the next question that I struggled with was then, well, then why bother with any of this spiritual stuff? You know, if it really is all around us, but we can't do anything with it other than kind of, you know, appreciate it whenever it makes an impression on our life, 
what is the point of, you know, because I was, I was dedicating hours of just reading and talking and, you know, um, thinking about this stuff. And um, I really had to stop myself and say, okay, what is, what is the benefit of this? If I know that I'm living in a physical world, why focus on the spiritual? Why really try to make that spiritual um, existence a part of my day-to-day and that's when a friend of mine, actually, who I, who I did not expect to have any kind of deep thoughts with, um, you know, I kind of fielded that question to him. And he immediately said, well, because it's in our best interest as humans to operate within the realm of whatever is closest to the truth. So if the truth is that we do have spiritual influences around us, um, which are just energies that are invested in the human experience then knowing that and getting closer to that truth is going to allow us to live these deeper lives in the physical. So I don't know if I explained that very, very clearly. He did a great job and I just, you know, I'm trying, I think I'm butchering it, but just basically why even focus on things like religion or God or anything like that if they, you know, they can't actually be connected to the physical world in a way that is, you know, provable to the masses. And it's just because it's about truth, right? And the truth is either something else is going on around us that we can't see, or the truth is that there is not. And, um, you know, science saying, well, since we can't prove it, then it's, you know, not true and therefore not uh, important. I just, it didn't make any sense to me anymore. And I, I liked the idea of the fact that, okay, I can have these personal spiritual experiences and it makes sense to investigate, to incorporate them into my day-to-day because I feel like that is a step closer to the truth of our actual reality here than what my truth was before uh, John's accident when I believed it was just all about the physical. And um, going back to science uh, and how it kind of is pushed towards every single phenomenon that happens uh, you know, as humans, I also started getting just very aware of how much science just does not stay in its lane, not because it's not valuable, not because it is, uh, you know, unimportant, but just for whatever reason, there's become this aversion in society for, um, you know, you know, science is kind of used as this giant, you know, sword to chop apart anything that is spiritual in nature. And um, an example of this is, you know, tarot cards or um, looking at things like numerology or, you know, Mercury being in retrograde and all these spiritual principles. People will very quickly just be like, oh, Mercury in retrograde. Well, scientifically, and they'll say all of this stuff about why Mercury in retrograde actually doesn't make sense by a spirit, by a scientific, um, you know, measurement. And I finally just started being like, you know what? No one, no one asked science about any of this. These are spiritual principles and scientific principles do not get to lay claim on this territory. So just kind of really being able to understand that there are two different modes of operation that you can definitely swing between in your day-to-day. You can have your spiritual experiences and your scientific understandings. But when you try to blend the two and take your scientific understandings 
and hold them up against your spiritual experiences. You're basically just uh, creating this, this, you know, this rabbit hole of nothingness. You're just dividing all of your spiritual experiences by zero because science has very little to do with the spiritual. And, um, and I think this also holds true for people who kind of base their realities on more of the spiritual side. I think they also need to stay in their lane and stop trying to take elements of science like quantum physics and stuff and our very rudimentary understanding of them and trying to connect a spiritual principle to something that is very clearly scientific um, because it just, once again, it doesn't do anything. Um, it you know, it really weakens the power of spiritual experiences if you feel that you have to connect it to something that is outside of the spiritual quote-unquote lane. And then finally, I do think, and this is where I will end it, that there's always going to be a difference of terminology between things that operate in the scientific realm and things that happen in the spiritual realm. But in essence, the more that people just talk about these things, these quote-unquote paranormal activities, these paranormal experiences, and the more that people are open to understanding the very real scientific foundation, um, that is not debatable. It is not changeable. Once we start actually listening to these things, no matter where you fall on the scientific or spiritual spectrum, I'm starting to see that we're all kind of talking about the same thing. We're just using very different language. And that was another way that I was able to very comfortably take a step towards, um, you know, this more spiritual reality that I engage with on a, on a day-to-day. And um, an example of this is uh, on the Joe Rogan podcast, he had a, um, I think he's a physicist. I could be wrong. I think his name is Brian Green. And Brian Green was talking about how before the Big Bang, um, there probably was no time. There was just kind of this timeless field of energy. And, you know, once parts of that energy field kind of aligned in a certain way, there was a reaction and time and everything that we know as our universe sprang forth from this independent field of energy where time does not exist. So to me, that very closely connects to this idea that exists in almost every world religion and every spiritual belief, this idea of this timeless eternity. Some people call it heaven. I'm not going to get into, you know, um, what may or may not be in that heaven. But I just, when I heard Brian Greene talking about, you know, this, this, this field of just no time and this is where everything came from, I was like, oh, how do people not see that we're all kind of talking about the same thing? It's just the words that we're using and the details that we're using to fill in these, um, you know, these ideas are very different. And um, I just think that there's so much more power and depth in our day-to-day existence if we just kind of take the blinders off and listen to what people are saying. And absolutely, when it comes to policy, when it comes to things that go in textbooks, when it comes to things that um, you know are a part of our consensus reality, uh, there should be a lot of scientific backing to that, the hard sciences. But on top of the consensus reality, I think that there is also a lot of value 
to people just understanding that spiritual phenomenon is normal. It is something that people, um, you know, do go through and, uh, you know, have been going through since mankind has existed. And, and science will then say, well, it's because we have a part of our brain which is actually designed to feel connections to something larger. And once again, science, nobody asked you, get out of this. There are phenomenon that people have, and we should just be able to listen to these things. And as long as someone is having spiritual experiences which comfort them, which make them feel safe, which make them feel connected, which are not, you know, forcing them to pull away from society, but actually engage with them, science should leave it alone and just say, yeah, maybe there was a fairy in your bedroom last, you know, yesterday. Maybe you did get that bird sent to you from your grandmother. What a beautiful moment of connection that you had and leave it alone. Um, And so that's where I'm going to end this second episode on just kind of how I have reincorporated and revamped and honored both the scientific side of um, my brain and life and kind of these more spiritual experiences.